0: Hi there. Before we start, if you're new to our podcast, thank you for tuning in to our show and we hope you will stay with us for a very long time. And if you're a regular listener, thank you so much for your continuous support throughout this period of uncertainty. We're really grateful for all of your kind words and encouragement. It has really helped this podcast to grant a great exposure as our mission is to create perspectives by the people who look like us, and a woman and also people who are marginalized historically to the sideline of conversation. So you haven't already, we encourage you to subscribe to our podcast on Omni, Apple, Google or Spotify. And of course, leave a rating and a review if you like. We also welcome engagement through our Facebook and Instagram platforms. We truly appreciate the support from you to help us to increase the visibility of different perspectives. Enjoy today's show.
1: Hey y'all, this is Jessie. Hi, this is Helen. And we are Asian Bitches Down Under. Helen, it is a pretty grim weather aspect yeah. um, Freedom Week in Sydney. It's been pretty <laughs> yes. much London weather we have here. That's um, right. Rainy, stormy, uh-huh. um, Windy. Uh, but despite that, we have still got up, we still caught up um, to do pretty cool things now that Sydney has opened up. Both Helen and I went to see Shang-Chi yeah. um, at the cinemas. Mm-hmm. So I went to Palace, um, Palace Street because I thought the um, audience members would be more refined. I didn't want to be like sitting around with like teenage boys while <laughs> I watched
0: it. <laughs> you are been ageist. <laughs> yeah, no,
1: yeah. Um, but it was it was a lot of fun. We really enjoyed it. Um, my favourite part of that, because we went to see it on Monday night, mm-hmm. I just really wanted to celebrate the end of like three months of lockdown with my favourite thing to do, mm-hmm. going to see the cinemas. I don't know if this happened to, to you when you went, because Helen, you went on Tuesday night with your family. Yes. Uh I at the end of the movie, um when the credits started rolling, um everyone clapped, oh, really, That's yeah, I know, nice. and I was just like, I know it was so nice, it made me feel like whole, like it made me feel like I was a part of something. Mm-hmm. Like people were just so happy and celebratory and it like, it it ended with like, I don't remember the last time. I think the last time I sat through a movie theater where people people clapped was like maybe at a film festival. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's more dedicated to
0: the whole production. Yeah
1: yes yes and and it's actually not quite it's not uncommon for audience audiences to clap after a, you know a premiere at a, a, f- a film festival mm-hmm. but it, that's what it really felt like on monday night it felt so much like everyone coming out to see this amazing thing and it was so it just felt like such a hu- humanity kind of coming together moment even though we were just watching like this pretty mediocre marvel
0: <laughs> yeah yes we do consider that it's a pretty. it's it's a very mid-range it's not a very artistic film but then again it's like breaks the um, box office i have here from a news source that shan chi end up earning a 100 million dollars in just uh, first five days i think this is the u.s wow. record and making it the fastest film to reach such a milestone since star wars the rise of skywalker so that was a couple mm. of years ago and also mm. uh chi has held the number one spot in the box office for like four consecutive weekends awesome yeah so awesome. marking it as the third mcu movie to pull off such a beat behind guardian of the galaxy and black panther i think the reason that it's so popular this year is because one we it's really hard to get into cinemas during the pandemics mm. and whenever mm. that you want to see a movie at cinemas like before covert we just pick whatever that's odd, and we choose the ones that we prefer to see. I mean, Marvel's always been like my fam- family favorites, anyway. Right. But I think it's been so popular. First of all, apart from it's like ninety-nine percent of Asian, uh, like Asian casts, like all the Asians. Yeah want to support this movie and two is because we've been stuck. <laughs> we've been stuck at home for so long and when yeah. you want to go to the cinema, you want to have that cinematic experience. Mm. So...
1: <laughs> yeah, you don't want anything quiet, especially right. after three months of like a very muted life <laughs> yes. style. Yeah. So the, Yeah, good point.
0: Yeah. So what do you think of the movie?
1: Well, I okay spoiler alert obviously because helen and i have both seen it and we're going mm. to i mean there's no really any spoiler alerts to to conduct here is there because there is no big twist at the end
0: no i think the um, plot
1: is actually standard. very standard very, yeah very there's standard. no much yeah, yeah.
0: explosive things happening in the plot yeah yeah
1: yeah, yeah no um um i i have a lot of things to say about it uh, i guess very briefly i'll sum it up by a few key points mm-hmm. First of all, um, I thought that um, Simu Lu was, like, really charismatic. I mean, he really didn't have a strong personality. But what I was mostly happy with was the fact that he came across as not an asshole. Mm-hmm. You know, often um, these Marvel male characters... Um, they're ostensibly superheroes, and traditionally they have had kind of they've said one or two lines of um, that kind of indicate they're sexist or racist yes. or kind of narrow-minded mm-hmm. in some way. Yeah. But the the character of Sean Shang Chi, played by Simu Lu, he was just kind of like a nice bloke. Like mm-hmm. there was nothing kind of alarming about him. There was no red flags about him. So like I liked his personality. I thought the storyline was very standard and basic and there was like basically um I came out of it feeling like, oh yeah, that was like pretty okay. Like it didn't <laughs> blow my mind. But I did like the fact that um everyone in it was Asian except for like the random Ben Kingsley. <laughs> ben Ben sorry. Ben Knightley? Ben Kingsley. Kingsley, Ben Kingsley. Yeah. 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 He's such a random character in there. He's uh, the only he, white character.
0: If you don't know actually, have no, you have you watched w- do you follow Marvel movies? No, you j- I don't. I okay, don't. so the character he played in Sanchi is actually a previous character that appeared in Iron oh, Man. Okay. Oh right, okay. Yeah. So yeah. there's a connection in it. But he's such right. a funny character. Yeah.
1: Right. Well, I just found him like random and completely arbitrary. <laughs> like I thought he was like I think they injected him to have like a comedic relief yes the joker yeah obviously but i just found him to be like why was he even in the movie Mm -hmm. um the other white character was like this hulk lookalike um sort of um uh psychic armenian sort of yeah he he was the kind of the main kind of he was doing he was the he was tony leung tony leung is shang chi's dad and he is like basically the enemy in the film Mm. Um, I swear Tony Leung is, like, ageless. He <laughs> yes. looks the same as he was in 1950. Maybe he <laughs> no, was he wasn't. born in 1950. But <laughs> Maybe anyway, 20 yeah. years ago he still looks the yeah, same. Exactly. Yeah, Just, oh, my God, seriously. Um, he is, like, the guy who does all the – he chases the, down the people that Tony Leung wants to chase down. Mm. He does the messy work. Another ageless character, M- Michelle, Liao, Michelle Yao, mm-hmm. She's just never gonna age. Oh my god, she looks the same as like when she was in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Or is it Hidden Dragon, Crouching Tiger? I can never get it right. Um, Bad Asian, Jesse too. Um, I I really enjoyed the character of Aquafina, obviously. She was funny. Mm. Although, I have to say, Helen, the one thing, the biggest complaint I had coming out, and I was telling Andrew after I came out of the cinemas, Mm -hmm. was that I was really annoyed that they didn't make them kiss you know like i did not in i just okay i felt it it was really it made me feel like like here we have the first like the 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 reason why i was so keen about this movie was Mm -hmm. not because of marvel because i really i'm quite indifferent to marvel Mm -hmm. films but um i wanted to see an asian male marvel lead right Mm -hmm. i mean asian men cop the biggest shit in western society Mm -hmm. they're desexualized they're infantilized, they're, like, racially discriminated against, like, they're never, you know, in, on dating apps, they're often the lowest mm-hmm, ranking mm-hmm. in terms of just, like, statistically speaking, um, who is most desirable. Mm-hmm. That's not my opinion. That's just, the That's like, what fact. is... That's a fact. Sti- yeah. No, yeah. no, no, it's just the statistics. Yeah. No, I wouldn't... Anyway, um, and so, like, I was, like, keen to see um, a very charming and, I guess, conservatively good-looking, like, mm-hmm male asian character but i I really wanted them to give him romance like why can't he have like Ah. why can't he like after he saves he saves the fucking world right Mm -hmm. which is weird because the world was just like a community of 30 people fighting (laughs) like like twenty weird looking demons slash um dragons but anyway he like bloody hell saves the world and still he doesn't deserve a relationship at the end with his best friend you know like I, i i just i was annoyed that because like at the end of every Marvel movie, you see Captain America, you see um, Tony Stark, all these characters they get to kiss mm-hmm. their romantic interest. Okay. What I was annoyed by was that this film didn't allow Shang Chi, um, Sean, the main character, didn't allow him to be desirable. Mm-hmm. You know, like there was there was hardly ever actually any sexual tension between him and Aquafina's character, mm-hmm. which is so strange because like they're obviously close. They're obviously very loyal to each other. Like, come on, just give him a kiss. You know, just let him let him have some romance. Mm, he deserves it. Okay, you know?
0: okay. That's actually quite the opposite of what I think. Um, I thought it was nice that for the first time that they actually don't have a very explicit romance i mean we see the romance between shang chi's parents at the oh, very yeah. beginning of the film like this yeah which was very just, can flirtatious I just say was so weird
1: <laughs> yeah it's so strange it was just so fucking weird that martial arts and, and then yeah martial arts and flirting down scene yeah i swear the the, the the that scene you didn't even know why they were attracted to each other it was so weird
0: i guess Asians don't have a very good communication skills to express themselves romantically and they have to do it in a way that they I don't know how to put it into the words but they present themselves in the best form of themselves as in trying to let's say if I um how am gonna explain it you know how Asians express their love by doing things yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that's what they did by showing off how their martial arts is probably be represented or symbolized it's the way they can protect or look after each other. Right, right. I, I'm guessing. I'm just putting, like, an assumption there. Yeah, but it was really funny. But coming back to, to a romance issue, I thought that was okay. I, I didn't really think that was too much of the problem, to be honest. Okay, yeah.
1: I, I have to say that was the main okay criticism I had of the film because, like, I was like, let can we not let two Asians kiss? <laughs> like, what? Yeah. like, we see interracial couples yeah, right this kiss. Yeah. But, like, why don't you let two Asians kiss? Like, are, do white people, are they not, can they not stand seeing two Asians kiss? Mm. You know, like, Asians can be attracted to Asians. Yeah. News alert. You know. That's right. That's that's I definitely re- true. Yeah. yeah. Even at the end, you know, at the end when the circle guy, the guy who I know has been in other movies, Marvel movies, the <laughs> Doctor the old Strange, dude, yeah, one, yeah, doc- yeah, Benedict one yeah, yeah. yeah, he, um, when he comes um, back and invites them into the new portal, mm. Sean's character, like he kind of like I thought he was gonna at least like kiss Aquafina or hold her hand before they go into the circle. Yet he just, like, kind of um, hooks his arm, like, and offers her an arm. It was just so, like, Mm -hmm. platonic. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is so, like, I don't know. Why can't two Asian people find each other sexually attractive? Can Mm. we not see that? Has has the Western world not even – can the Western world not stand two Asian people being attracted to each other? Like come on, just think about Tony Stark mm-hmm. and Captain America. They're like oozing with sexual appeal <laughs> to like the, the it's almost like mandatory mm-hmm. that we have the romance in all these other characters, right? Yeah. Like I don't know, does Doctor Who um have a character who he's in love with? Uh
0: is doc- he sexual? What Doctor Who or Doctor Strange? Oh it's Doctor Strange. Doctor Sorry. Strange, yeah. Um he's not t- he's not actually sexualized, but he did have a partner
1: that he left behind yeah, see? in
0: the human well right yeah. yeah
1: of course i mean the other thing speaking of leaving partners the other thing that andrew and i were like eye-rolling with each other mm-hmm. was of course um the wife dies like the woman is all like just what when is the world gonna stop mm-hmm. writing stories right with mass appeal that does not involve a fucking woman dying yeah. you know i'm so fucking sick of that like, come on. The other week, I, we watched Interstellar, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and another, like, I swear, space films are the most egregiously toxic oh 21st God. century hate, stories of them. masculinity. I, I don't like Honestly, them. yeah. yeah always, I fucking like... hated Interstellar so much for so many different reasons. But on, and like Ad Astra, I saw Ad Astra. Like, oh my God. We start Dad. watching that. Another I fucking, can't finish yeah, like, it. <laughs> I know. It's awful. I swear, like, I'm never, I like, space films, someone should write an essay about the toxicity of space films. Mm-hmm. But it's the same thing. Like every single one of these films that center a guy exploring the world, et cetera, et cetera has to involve a woman dying Mm. and i'm like i'm so sick of it come on like honestly if um one day you know what helen Uh, andrew didn't remind me that chloe Zhao has apparently been signed on to the next marvel movie Mm -hmm. right yeah she did so maybe things will change but honestly one day someone should like get me to write a marvel film
0: (laughs) you have to go back and read like 50 years half decades of comics to actually connect all the stories oh my yeah, god yeah
1: don't bother. so yeah but it, and i'm putting this out because apparently i read a article um mm. in smh a few weeks ago where they profiled simu liu yeah. and he, apparently that's how he got the job like he tweeted at yes. marvel saying mm-hmm. hey if you guys ever want like, <laughs> yeah that's what he <laughs> did want, yeah. yeah
0: he tweeted and saying that there should be an asian you know actual character in the marvel film and yeah he got absolutely the part. yeah so what i think about the film is that I'm going into the watching this film quite in a very political analysis. <laughs> I don't know why. Oh, I love it. But I love um, it. I can't wait to hear it. My metaphor for the whole, the characters in the whole film is that the Mandarin, Wenwu, which is Tony Down's um, character, he's the CCP and he <sighs> idealized with power, control, and conquering other nations. And mm-hmm. he fall in love with this woman in the very mm-hmm. picturistic kind of village that I mm. would metaphorically think as a depiction of Tibet or the minority tribes in China. Oh, and yes. Because the Taolo village is kind of um, portraying like a Shangri-La paradise, and it's very untainted heaven, and the location is very secure. It's angelic, uh, yeah, yeah. it's angelic. So
1: just quickly, Helen, for those who haven't watched it, basically Tony Shang-Chi's dad falls in love with a woman in the Tao... What did you say? Tao Lyung? Yeah.
0: Tao Chi? Well, really? the Chinese is, pre- pronunciation is Da Luo. And it's Luo, actually yeah, is, a, a actual mythical legend. So right. it's not... They, they didn't just make it up.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's basically like she is a, of a different kind. Mm-hmm. So he's falling in love with someone of a different tribe.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And okay, then... Keep
0: going. I, I do see uh, Shang-Chi and Xia Lin, which is his sister, as the Asian mm. diasporas that left their hometown to pursue their <gasps> yes. own identity. But they failed to escape the very essence of embracing their own heritage and then kind of like being kidnapped back by their
1: dad. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So um, the sister. who I've never seen before. Have you seen her, the girl who plays this? No, plays
0: she's, pretty pretty she's pretty new. She's okay, really yeah. new. Mong Er yeah. Chen, Chen Meng Er, yeah. I think. Yeah, that's her name. She, I think, she moves to she Macau. escapes to
1: Shanghai. Macau, oh, Macau. Yeah, right. yeah. Yeah, yeah, which is like the center of like casino gambling, mm-hmm. betting yeah. kind of world. And then she ends up in San Francisco, mm-hmm. which is kind of where the movie <laughs> kind of starts. And, like, that first scene with the bus is so good. I really like that bus scene. Yeah,
0: that was really good, yeah. And coming back to what I was talking about using metaphorical terms, I think it's kind of trying to display, like, a parental expectations from a lot of Asian parents. Mm, Yeah. mm. And at the same time, I think the whole movie, I know that the writers are Asian-American, so you get this kind of how they display the whole story through eyes of Asian diasporas in the West and it's very still very attached to the idea of Kung Fu as a very stereotypical ideas of how Chinese story should be so yeah of course that we know it's a action superhero type of film but it's very Mm. um still very attached to kung fu and there's uh there's a lot of in-depth uh asian elements that you can see like taking off the shoes when you're entering the house yes i
1: really like that i really like Uh,
0: that food the food aspects uh education achievements where aquafina's um a character she was like complaining about how how much that her mom wants her to achieve and also karaoke (laughs)
1: Oh, yeah, that was so good. That was so good. Like, at the end of the night, they decide to, yeah, go seeing Carrie. Which, by the way, made me think, oh, I really need to go back to Carrie. Yeah, have I have done for ages. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I have to say, um, there's a scene at the beginning mm. when – Sean slash Shang Chi's character goes to pick up Aquafina before they go off to, to do their work, job as yeah. um, valets. There's a scene where he goes to pick her up, at, and she's living with her family and her her white boy, mm-hmm. um her grandma. grandma. Yeah. And then the camera—it was only like a two-second scene. Okay. But the camera does a close-up of um, Shang Chi taking off his shoes. shoes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I just felt like I know if you're white out there and you don't understand the impact of this but just seeing even seeing that for me in a marvel film was so kind of impactful because mm-hmm. it, it's like it's just such a daily routine embedded in our lives that we take off our shoes before mm-hmm. we enter the house but it's like such a fundamental core of uh, what's part of who we are yeah. as, a, as a identity culture. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and what it means to take off the shoes that's right Taking off the shoes, I swear someone out there must have written, like, a whole book about <laughs> what it means to take off a shoe. For but reasons, it's, like, the yeah. symbolism, it's a gesture of, like, entering a house. Yes. You're going to leave the dirt of the outside mm-hmm. world at the door. Mm-hmm. And you're going to come in and you're going to be clean and you're going to be polite, respectful dignified and just all of that mm-hmm. built up in that two second scene that's of right him.
0: yeah the
1: close-up shot of like i yeah only asians will get that honestly yeah i think it's the same when we
0: were watching uh, always be my baby with ali Wan and randall parks um, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, <wrong> <laughs> where yeah. all the asians i know picked up that two seconds when the kids runs out and runs in the house they take off their shoes and they
1: put yeah. on their shoes when they go out <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly so funny yeah, yeah 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 i honestly even as an adult sometimes helen the idea of coming into a house even mm-hmm. when i like go to my friend's house or like my partner's house um family's house and like they say oh no you don't have to take off your shoes it feels like i'm committing a crime like, <laughs> yeah. that's how much it means like, this is strange much... i know it feels so strange like to enter a domestic space with my shoes on mm-hmm. it still feels to this day and I'm in my 30s now to feel to f- it feels so strange to do that what do you do at the
0: airbnb I bring my own slippers you know yeah, I go oh, to airbnb yeah. I, I can't yeah, yeah. I can't wear maybe at the public places like lounge or the kitchen I'll still wear yeah my shoes yes, but if yeah. I'm yeah, yeah. in the bedroom I can't I just don't feel like yeah, I need to right. I
1: should wear the shoes yeah yeah especially if it's like carpet yeah
0: hay. yeah uh-huh. yeah, I just want to mention about the ending if anyone mm-hmm. spoiler again, we should put this on yeah. our notes. The ending there were two Easter eggs, and the last one where it shows the last I think it was like barely like two minutes shows Xia is the younger sister returns to her dad's well how do you call that like a compound of training for his military?
1: Um, okay, wait, wait, wait. oh uh, So we, you didn't watch that. Oh my you god! Didn't, you we didn't left stay. The cinemas.
0: Oh, you didn't stay to watch the Easter eggs. We
1: we stayed um uh, only up until after um the doctor. The wan- one doc- Yeah, Doctor One. Wan, wans- um, talks to them about <laughs> the thing, and then uh-huh. we didn't stay until the very end.
0: Okay, so there's another one. Oh my god, damn and the it! The second no, one. Really
1: annoyed at Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just It wasn't here (laughs) that
0: I wanted to leave. Alright, so do you want me to tell you? Yeah, tell me, tell me. Okay, so there was like two minutes brief scene of Charlene returns to her dad's compound. Okay, yeah. And you see her training young people but both boys and girls yeah, remember yeah. in the story yeah. that the dad said only boys are be trained yeah yeah so she wasn't being she trained herself when she yeah. was growing up that's mm-hmm. why she hated the place yeah but now she's taking over the place um you can see that she's training both girls and boys mm. and there were graffitis on the building solar panels satellites it just to me it feels like a reflection of Asian diaspora kids returning to Asia mm. and gentrify and Westernize. Yeah, right. Or yeah. the area. Yeah. Yeah, because it seems so hip. It's like mm. graffiti's everywhere. Mm-hmm. To me, it just seems like being Westernized rather yeah. than there's a lot of aspects in mm. that sh- whole shot where they gradually moves away from yeah. that yeah. court. Mm-hmm, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And what that happens? So interesting. Anything
0: funny? No, it wasn't anything funny. But you just see that there's so much change to how the way that her dad did to yeah. the era, to the place and yeah. compared to what she did to the place.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So I guess it's like
0: showing, like, a next generation taking up a pawn. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I really love that you went into the film with the political lens and c- because you know so much more about, like, ccp and you know <laughs> chinese kind of politics um i i love that inflection that you gave it you in your analysis um mm. i want to say also that um what do i want to say <laughs> there's so many things i want to say i love the kind of i i don't love it but i thought it was interesting that during the film she made little swipes at her brother so basically her brother kind of left um her when she was still like a teenager and he had promised to go back to see her and save her, but he didn't. And so she Mm -hmm. like, when he goes back to find her, she's a little pissed off at him. And there's this one scene where he like um, catches a baddie and tries to interrogate him. But then the sister just comes and pushes the baddie off the like scaffold where they were having this Mm -hmm. amazing scaffold scene fight. (laughs) And then she said to him, what has America made you soft? oh yeah like, there's yeah. like small uh-huh. kind of digs at america um yeah. because yeah. he's now like he he has spent the last 10 years in america mm-hmm. so i thought that was really funny
0: mm-hmm. this whole movie didn't never really actually go into question why he stayed in america or did i miss that what
1: i don't do you mean? i don't do i mean? don't
0: feel like there was anything like he was given a mission by his dad to assassinate someone yeah yeah in u.s but then you never seen what happened to that no. mission. No, yeah. yeah you well, never you assume, seen,
1: you assume that what he killed yeah. her, uh, the, he, uh-huh. that he killed the, the guy who killed his uh-huh. mom. Um, that's mm. what he ends up confessing to Aquafina. Mm. <laughs> I thought that, I see. it's a really weird cast um, to cast Aquafina in that because um, <laughs> she's just not a damsel in distress. And there was one scene where she does fall into, not not on her own accord. It's the writers who did this, but there's one scene where she needs to be saved. And I'm mm. just like, this is so not Aquafina. Like, uh, although, <laughs> although in saying that, I, I did like the fact that they cast her because, like, she's not the typical side girlfriend. I'm, I'm still going to call her the girlfriend, even though, like, they mm-hmm. don't do anything yeah. romantic. I'm still going to say just, she's the they romantic.
0: Don't, they don't seem there's a chemistry. You just
1: don't yeah, feel well, like that's, there's a chemistry. She's, like, a bro character, you yeah. know? But also, like, their relationship is kind of the most healthy in all the Marvel movies, you know? That's why I was so angry that they were not allowed a romance. Like, give them Mm. romance, man. They deserve it. Like, Mm -hmm. why can't Asians also be attracted to each other? I'm just going to keep going back to that. It's so (laughs) annoying that these, like... um, Yes, you say that the Asian-Americans who wrote this film, but at the end of the day, it's Mm. a Marvel movie. It's backed by Hollywood. Therefore, white people, like, fucking make them kiss for fuck's sake you know like i'm just thinking i was just thinking i was actually telling andrew after the film i was Mm -hmm. thinking you know how um before a movie is publicly released Mm. uh, this is a wonderful thing about movies that they that doesn't happen with books for instance you know how before a movie is publicly released um they show it to a bunch of people and then they get a survey Yes. of like what mm-hmm. they think and then yeah. so I'm yeah. thinking maybe they did s- shoot a few scenes where uh, like there was romance involved but then like maybe the audience that, were like yep. oh they they didn't like it let's just like not give them some romance you know maybe I don't know but mm-hmm. like um that's possible yeah, yeah. but that, yeah I don't know like you saw it with your teenage son and then your like mm-hmm. eight year old daughter what mm-hmm. what generally what did they think like did they have any in- useful insights that you didn't see as a as a younger person
0: I think my eight year old daughter, um, please don't attack me taking my kids to see a Marvel movie. <laughs> well, are you
1: kidding me? No way. I think
0: that's great. <laughs> I think my A.E.L. child, she actually enjoyed that there's no romance because she hates seeing romance on movies. She dislikes any romance. I mean, I think she dislikes any heterosexual romance. Yeah, okay. She hates seeing yeah. princess and prince, that kind of thing. Yeah. And so she enjoyed that, pl- like you said, the platonic kind of friendship between a guy and the girl.
1: Mm.
0: And my son, he said that, oh, it's... I don't know. He he did have a big reaction. He said, "Oh yeah, it's entertaining. It's very mm. violent. You see mm. a lot of martial arts." And he said that, "Oh, I can tell that the writers grew up in the era where they watch Airbender, the Avatar. Yeah. Yeah, you know yeah. the animation. Yeah, because there's a uh, Airbender mm. and the Waterbender. Mm. Yeah. So I guess that's a reflection on that. And with the artistic presentation, it's it's quite nice. I think all those like mythical creatures."
1: They all yeah. enjoy
0: watching that kind of something that's different to what they see from yeah. Disney. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. I I also have to say, um, the little wombat, winged wombat was really cute. Morris. That, yeah. yeah, the headless. So, yeah, the headless <laughs> thing was uh, <laughs> fucking adorable. Yeah. Um, I think I came out of the film being a bit annoyed that um, it was so martial arts centred.
0: Mm-hmm. Like as like yeah, that, uh, that Holy- was my yeah point as though as well, Hollywood yeah. can
1: only. Can only perceive Asianness through the lens of through, Chinese martial. Arts. that's right. Mm-hmm. like there was very narrow in the in the way that they presented that,
0: yeah, I think it's because the stories do very based based on the Chinese culture yeah. rather than the rest of the Asian yeah um, cultures, yeah, also, I don't know what's the like obsession of from Marvel about the mystical stones and mirror type of materials that is very powerful to control and corrupt human like mm. in end games is the stones there's black panther with some kind of mineral production yeah. in wakanda
1: as well and Shang chi is this dragon scale you know that red yeah, yeah thing that's on their weapons yeah yeah so. final final question for you Helen. before we wrap this discussion up of this of this film you know how um Sang chi the main character you know how mm-hmm. he's supposed to be chinese yeah so she, simu lu is korean i believe right
0: no he's not what you think he's korean <gasps> because he was in king's convenience, oh right this is so bad no. Maybe you should <laughs> delete
1: this part i'm gonna be like so badly like bullied on on twitter okay yeah tell me
0: what yeah people what mistaken he that he's korean it wasn't did that happen in the film as well saying people's he made a joke saying that oh people assume that i'm korean but i'm not it oh, was really? it was a line in the film oh okay um so he's Chinese.
1: Oh, okay. He, he's Chinese,
0: Chinese. So he's from, I think he was from Harbin or Oh, yes,
1: he did. I, I read that. I read that. Yeah.
0: He was living with his grandparents up until, like, before primary school. Right, yeah, When yeah. his parents were in... Canada. Uh, in Canada, yeah. yeah. So they left him there for a couple of years before that they um meeting with yeah. him. So I think there was still like a kind of like a conflict family conflict or something that he wasn't happy about. Right. Right. Being left behind. Right. Yeah. And funny that you know that this film is actually um topped the box office with any it hasn't been released to Chinese market yet, I think. Wow, okay. Um let me see, what do I have here? Okay. Owing to the comments that the film star Simu Liu made a CBC 2017 interview, that referenced a negative comment aspects about his parents living in China. Yeah. The Chinese government excluded Shang-Chi from their list of upcoming MCU movies scheduled to release in its territories. Oh my gosh. So it's wow. not yet, I don't know whether or not it will be released in China, but it's doing quite well even without China's yeah. You know, market.
1: Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, wow. I mean, that that says a lot, right? <laughs> yeah. So we're going to take a break and we're going to come back and talk really briefly about the books we've been reading before we launch into this week's um, two topics we're going to talk about. Um, Obviously, uh, I'm like so eager to talk about this. (laughs) Every The whole entire Western world is talking about it. It is the Bad Art Friend article story written by Robert Kohler, who's a sensational journalist from the New York Times. Uh, I actually want to spend some time talking about him as well Mm. as the story behind the Bad Art Friend. We're going to just basically tell you – the basic story about it what we think about it um can't wait to hear Helen's thoughts um and then we'll wrap it up with a really quick wrap up of the controversy about Sam Frost and anti-vax mm-hmm. video that she um posted on Instagram last week um we'll be right back <coughs> I really just don't know sometimes how things get viral you know I have to say (laughs) Bad Art Friend this this story um is something that um I'll tell you the genesis of how I came across it Mm -hmm. so um the day in which Bad Art Friend was published uh, maybe a day or two afterwards um I I follow, um, on Facebook, I follow Carly Finlay, who is a disability activist, who I think Mm -hmm. is just the fucking bomb. She's like amazing and so Mm -hmm. insightful and like, I just worship her. So she wrote a very quick kind of post about, she basically prefaced the post by saying, I'm about to post a unpopular opinion. And then she said, bad art friend. I don't think much about it. What do you guys all think? And mm-hmm. then I thought, okay, what is this? I read a little bit about it, about it and I remember seeing it on my Autumn feed. You know how I subscribe to Autumn? Yeah. Which yeah. reads out great articles um, to you by a <laughs> professional, I swear I talk about it all the time, by professional um, voice artists. So I saw it and the article was called like the donor and the borrower or something like, on the Mm -hmm. feed. And so, like, I didn't Mm -hmm. think anything of it. It just seemed kind of boring. Mm -hmm. A few, like, maybe a day after that, my friend Sarah Dingle, who's a fucking genius also, um, she (laughs) texted me about it and asked me what I thought about it. And Mm -hmm. so I said, okay, I better go and listen to it. And so I did. And, uh, yeah, I had a lot of, opin- of opinions. So before mm. we talk about it, Helen, um, let's dish out to our readers basically what the story is all about.
0: Yeah, I came across through a Facebook post as well saying, asking what my opinions is. And I quickly sent you the piece as well. And I tried to find a way that I can read or listen mm. to the piece because I wasn't like I unsubscribed New York Times last month. So mm. I couldn't access it after I read in like five or ten articles. Mm hmm. And I, I was so eager to get on top of it. And I, I think I asked you, oh, have you got a subscription? I was just asking around people if they can send a, like the copy to me. Mm. And I couldn't wait to wait for it anymore. I just said, oh, fuck it. I'll just subscribe again yeah. for the sake of wanting to read this one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's worth so, it. I'm so amazed on how many like different subjects arises or sparked from this huge saga, mm. and the different perspectives as well, the different journalists' focus on the variety of points of the story. Mm. So what happened was that I don't even know how to start. It's it basically Let's it was Dawn Dozland. It was a small incident between two writers in Boston, Dorland, uh, Sorry, yeah, Doland where they have uh, a. Private Facebook group. Facebook uh, group. uh, Yeah, Facebook Facebook group. And Dolan was the writer who donated her kidney indirectly. There's direct donation and there's indirect donation, which I only know now that she donated her kidney to a stranger. Mm. And because she, I still don't understand her intention, to be honest. She put her story onto this private group and sharing it to the group of writers and for some reason um,
1: Larson which is another writer mm, that, Sonia Larson, who's, who um, we should preface by saying she's Asian American, she's half she's Asian. A- half yeah, she's, that's white. right yeah, um, she was
0: in the middle of working some of her stories and the intention of Dolan, I, yeah. I still don't understand why she have to put it onto a private group and telling her story about her donation mm. of kidney mm. and Larson kind of from what we see okay honestly we still don't know the truth we're just telling our listeners now from the sources that we've been reading Larson picked up the story she kind of incorporated that part of kidney donation into her story, or her novel—I think mm. it was a novel. At yeah, the it, end, was a wasn't a, it was a short story.
1: It was a short story. It was called "The Kindness," the kindest. Mm-hmm. And what happened basically was um, they're loosely in the same cir- um, writer circles, right? Um, mm. And and the the kind of um, writing center, Grub Street in Boston, is—I've actually um, taken a couple of classes at Grub Street. Just oh, nice. I don't know mm-hmm. any of the writers, um, <laughs> but um, um, it's like. First of all, it's a very small world, like Mm. the writers within writers in these communities, even though it's Boston, you know. Writers all know each other parochially. What happened, yeah, like Helen said, um, Dawn Dorland Dorland. was a white Mm -hmm. woman who donated her kidney and then, like, for the next few months afterwards, um, she kind of – the way in which Robert Kohler Kohler, um, writes it in the article, it it was almost like Mm. Dawn expected some praise for her Mm -hmm. act of kindness, like donating a Kidney um, to an anonymous person, and um, a few months after, I mean, maybe a year after, um, she heard that sonia Larson had wrote a short story that had become quite successful, and it was mm. like being p- published around all over the place about a, a Asian woman who um, is kind of like it's a story about an Asian woman who's messed up and then receives um, a kidney from an anonymous donor, and then one day she receives a letter from the white anonymous donor saying, oh, can we be friends? Mm-hmm. And what Sonia Larson did and what is really at the crux of um, the sort of lit- lit- litigious actions that have been going on between these two women um, for years and years is basically that um, Sonia Larson took a, like word for word, I, I swear it was almost word for word, um, a mm-hmm. message that um, Dawn Dorland wrote In the private Facebook chat to her, Mm -hmm. and it was something about her, her motivation for donating a kidney. And mm. so like that, that, so what ends up happening is like back and forth suing, like Dawn sues, um, Larson, Sonia for like appropriating her work or like her yeah, work. Pla- plagiarism. Yeah. And yeah. then, um, and then Sonia Larson gets lawyers to counter sue Dawn, Dorland defamation. For, like, defamation. Yeah. yeah. And honestly, like this whole article, what I found really funny, um, was at, on Carly Finlay's Facebook feed. A lot of people mm-hmm. said, Oh, it was too long. I couldn't read it. Cause it's over 10,000 words. Very long. It's very, very listened, long. I, actually yeah.
0: listened to her and it yeah. took me to just a little bit over an hour yeah it's an hour yeah, and four minutes so long on yeah. autumn
1: yeah and um i <laughs> i found it okay to listen to that because i'm used to listening to long form mm. articles but yeah. i would absolutely um, empathize with those people who could not be bothered to read the whole thing um mm. because it's like reading it like a uh, half a book basically definitely cases, you know yeah yes um i swear helen after like so that's basically, um, to wrap it up, listeners, that's the extent of the story. You know, there's mm-hmm. counter suing, there's <laughs> suing, and this goes on for it's years. It's so and messy. Years. Yeah. yeah, it's so messy. And so, um, the, basically what the world, um, and then there, uh, since the publication of this article maybe two weeks ago, there has been an, like, countless articles written mm, about Bad Our yeah. Friend. This is, mm-hmm. like, what's colloquially being called now online. And, what i have to say helen coming out from my first reading of the story was i am so glad i'm not in that world like i'm so glad (laughs) i'm not part number one i'm so glad i'm not either sonia or dawn number two Mm -hmm. it like it's it seems like i'm not at all to diminish either um woman's experiences Mm. because like any person's experience is a big experience in their lives i don't diminish Mm -hmm. that at all But, like, for me as an outsider, I was just like, oh, my God, this is so petty. Seems very petty, um, but, you know, of course it isn't because, you know, there are people's lives we're dealing with. And, like, nobody, I'm sure all our listeners know, the worst case scenario in anyone's life is, like, beyond death and illness is to be Mm -hmm. sued, honestly. Like, Mm -hmm. you do not want to get yourself caught up in litigious actions if you can avoid mm-hmm. it. Because that's the right. legal system will make your life absolutely miserable. miserable, Absolutely yeah. miserable. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, and, the, and this whole saga, like Helen said, and that's a great word to express this, to describe this whole story, um, is that people are debating online who is the bad our friend? Like, who mm-hmm. is the one who, yeah. like, deserves more of our, more of our hatred, I guess, or, like, mm. more of our blame? Like, who is morally wrong yeah. here? The woman who, like, sued the woman who took a few words line from her private chat, or is it the woman who actually took words out of a, like something that you ex- would expect to be confidential when you, you mm-hmm. know, type a Facebook chat to someone, yeah. you expect things to be confidential. You don't ex- expect mm-hmm. someone to take it in and put it yeah. into their R form, you know? Yeah. Yeah. My, actually my, just before I hear your ranting, mm-hmm. uh, I'll just finish up by, by saying in my initial reading, I have to say that I kind of blamed and maybe this is me. So obviously, you know, finding solidarity with the Asian here. Mm -hmm. but my sympathy was more towards um Sonia Larson like I thought I was more on her side I have to say Mm -hmm. initially I don't know how I feel about it now but but the way in which Robert Kohler expresses um these two women in his article for me I was just like wow like I'm not sure I don't know Dawn at all and I'm not about to criticize her but um the the character of Dawn from the way in which Robert Kohler expresses it in his article, it makes me not really think highly of her only in the sense that she seemed very jealous of Sonia's success. Like she Mm -hmm. seemed like a very jealous person who just really wanted to be the center of the fact her act of donating a kidney. Like it seemed as though Dawn really wanted the world to know that, you know, she donated the kidney and that she deserves Mm. some sort of higher credit and also heads up, if you don't know, Dawn Dorland is also a writer mm-hmm. and I get yeah. it. I get it. Like when other writers around Australia are successful, like, and they're young, like me, I get jealous, like no doubt about it. Like I can't, I'm not, I'm a human being. I get jealous. I hate jealousy. I hate I wish I never felt it, but it's natural. Mm-hmm. It's a
0: competitive world, after yeah. all.
1: You know, the first thing that I thought,
0: actually, this this thought came to me when I was doing the notes for this episode. I thought that, what wow, Jesus, this is like squid game for the
1: writers. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to quote quickly from The Guardian. Uh, like there's heaps, like Jesse said, there's enormous amount of articles came out after Bad Art Friend was published. Um, I'm going to quote here a piece from The Guardian by Emma Brooks. Uh, she said that Dolan versus Larson pulled a lot of unconvincing culture war stuff around white saviorism, mm. the exercise of privilege, the bullying of a less successful writer by her more successful peer, and something that could just and something that could just about credibly reach the level of interesting. Dolan evoked Larson's scorn in the first instance by doing laudable things, donating a kidney before attracting accusations of narcissism by banging on about too much on the Facebook. There is something exquisitely modern about this—the elevation of attitude over action as a primary marker of virtue. Mm, um, I love there's that. There's so many aspects in this whole mess, apart from the donation of kidney that we would really talk about. What is, um, what's the word, uh, altru- altruistic? Altruistic, yeah. Altruistic yeah. behavior. Like, should do- organ donors been bragging about what they've been doing? Because um, sometimes it seems like you're doing it for getting attention rather than you're doing it for the benefit of the person mm. who's receiving the mm. mm. organ. Mm, mm. Yeah, I've seen so a couple of tweets, people saying that, oh, yeah, I've had friends doing that before, you know, they make a donation to a charity and they have to post it and they expect people to give their likes or commenting or praising yeah. on them Yeah. but on the other hand um, there's this article that I read from The Slate uh, there's a writer called Magda Samuro. They say that you should brag about it because there's a kidney surplus among healthy people. So if we're looking specifically on kidney donations in US, mm. of course that they want the industry or the medical industry want people to really talk about it, to open it up, to talk about the importance of donation. Mm. Mm. Okay. So that's one side of the story. And you also would consider like the discussion around the ethical issues on do- organ donating. Mm. I mean, I guess the debate continues because some people will say how to compensate the donors and how to praise the donors. What's the actual motive of the donors? Mm. And also it could potentially lead to exploitation of organ donation. You know, the organ exploitation that we see in third world countries.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, it's nice to openly talk about it, but to the point that people, other people feel like, geez, that's a bit too much. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, So... Another aspect in this in, in this whole mess was the group chat mm. <laughs> that I want to talk about. Yeah. the Kelly talks about behind someone's back. Yeah. One tweet that I saw... Uh, this was it from Celestine? No, no, no. I, okay. I read her, I read yeah, her tweet. Yeah, yeah. But, so everyone can go on and look it up. But this tweet from Courtney Milan, I think she's just usual, you know, normal, like public citizen. Yeah. Um, she said that, I'm not going to say anything about that one article that's going around, except that if you value your mental health, you should never ever subpoena someone else's group chat about yourself. Because <laughs> what happened in this whole back and forth suing, yeah. yeah, the group chat was subpoenaed to the court to actually check what Larson was talking within their group of writer yeah. friends. Yeah, yeah about Dawson a yes. uh, Dolan sorry Yeah. 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 that that's came up publicly for people to make judgments yeah, about
1: oh my god <laughs> it's so messy I, can't, I know that is like my <laughs> worst nightmare imagine that <laughs> just like your most private th- th- like flippant opinions just like like just think about the times you like type out things without really thinking about thought it thought about it yeah. yeah and now it's being like held up in the law of court like court of mm. law whatever you call it it's just like <laughs> Fucking anxiety-inducing.
0: I mean, there's a lot of chat that just in the moment of frustration. I guess sometimes you just type it, Mm. and then your friends, like in this incident, that the writer's friends were supporting Larson, Mm, and mm. they were talking behind Dolan. So that was quite. (laughs) I don't know. Even I don't even know how to find a word to describe it that was quite nasty if you're mm. at the receiving end
1: i guess yeah absolutely yeah do you want to really quickly talk about um i thought it was really interesting um celeste N. so celeste mm-hmm. N is probably the most famous writer that's mentioned in this article she's the yeah. right she's the author of little fires everywhere and and she's some, the friend of sonia larson. yeah she's kind of a yeah she's closer to sonia larson yeah so if you don't know, Celestine also is the woman who tweeted she's not attracted to Asian men because um, they remind her of her cousins. <laughs> yeah, controversial. Um, controversial. He's yeah. um, on the card, yeah. Yeah, but Helen sent me a tweet that she wrote that, that I thought was really worthwhile mm-hmm. in replaying. Helen, do you want to... Oh, I don't have it in front of me. Do you oh, that's okay. It? Yeah, yes. she said something like, um, I'm so sick of being asked this, so I'm just going to mm-hmm. lay it out there. And then she says... Um, she, I think she makes two points, but one of the points, the second one maybe, was like where none of us are really friends with Dawn Dorland, and um, I have not really even heard that name since this article came out. What do you think of that? Well, I just, um, it makes me think that they weren't really friends. Mm, you know, that, yeah. that uh, even though I do agree that um, what Sonia did, um, taking an actual line from a group chat, um, like a private chat, into a work of art is a bit overstepping the line. I mm-hmm. don't think that it merits the consequence in which she has faced mm-hmm. since that. And I think it's really interesting to register um, Celestin's tweet because there is no f- real actual friendship there. Like they're not that close basically mm-hmm. is what kind of is, is, this, no, is being established by S- Celestine's tweet. Like mm-hmm. Sonia and Dawn are not really that close.
0: Yeah, somewhere that I read about an opinion about the bad art friend was saying that it's all down to economic, political issues that tragically that it has, you know, the the recession of the whole world has become like this for even the writing industry that people pit each other. Um, Like I said before, it's like a squid game in making for the publishing and writers industry. Uh, There's more people getting into writing, but there's the stagnated number of readers. And Mm. of course, there's not enough pay. The distribution of the work and credit is very unequal. Yeah. I don't even want to start with (laughs) calling uh, a couple of white writers who gets more attention. But yeah. It is. It is the the fact that uh, even one journalist said that this is a kind of poisonous behavior. Exactly what happens when human being forced to compete to scraps at the steadily dwindling, dwindling economic banquet, like from Depression era
1: Germany to Yugoslavia to the modern USA. Yeah. So um, we'd love to hear your thoughts, listeners. Um, once yeah. you read it, or well, honestly, it's just it's worth considering. <laughs> diving into it. I mean, yeah. really, what's an hour? Like, people, you spend an hour watching an episode of Homeland, right? Come on, guys. <laughs> 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 so, um, we're going to take a break and uh, we'll be right back with our final topic of today on the topic of Sam Frost. There's a lot to chat and unpack there. We'll be right back. Hey, y'all, we're back. And um, before I really want to talk, To listeners and Helen about Sam Frost saga, um, I want to just like brush through some of the things we've been reading this week. So I've been reading um, Ima McBride's uh, nonfiction, very short essay book called Something Out of Place, which is her take on like the origins of female shame and how our bodies are often shamed and like this idea of disgust and where it comes from. I've just started it um, and it's so far very good. Um... I just finished a review book by Heather Morris. Another a book that I will mention is, uh, so it's the third book to her kind of Auschwitz trilogy. She's the woman who wrote the uh, the Tattooist of Auschwitz. Have you heard that book? Apparently, it sold like six million copies. Yeah, neither. I haven't read her previous two books, um, but this one is a review book, so I had to read it, and it was good. Like, um, it's very very easy to read. It was very easy to read, so um, it was it was quite um, yeah interesting to to read something that I, I guess I wouldn't usually read. So let's move on to Sam Frost. This uh, so basically the story of Sam Frost in the last week why she's made such a big headlines is because last weekend um, Sam Frost, if you don't know y'all out there, um, you don't need to. Ha ha. No, sorry. Uh, she is a uh, ex bachelorette candidate i think she got rejected by this guy called blake anyway um so she's famous for being like on this show and then i think i believe she's now a mother and she's quite like she has half a million instagram followers, and so she's like an influencer basically and she's blonde very beautiful like attractive and uh so she is anti-vax and on saturday last week she posted a video of herself um on instagram where she's like sitting on the floor with a back a backdrop of books and she's all wearing all white um not a lot of makeup on her face and she's basically saying like oh um i've f- I feel really dehumanized. But she basically said, "Oh, I don't feel human." That you know, now that we're opening up here in Sydney, like I feel discriminated against. And she used the word. The main crux of the controversy around her video is the fact that she used the word segregation mm-hmm. um, flippantly. Like she just kind of casually threw that out. And she said, "I feel like there's segregation. I'm being segregated against as a person who's not being vaxed." So for all you guys who don't know, um, Sydney in Sydney, people who are double vaxed can now go out and do shit. Um, if you are uh, if you can't prove your double waxed you have to wait until december 1st in order to access all the things that you know society like going out to pubs privileges. Going to yoga, movies etc yeah privileges basically yeah and at one point sam cries a little bit in the um, in the video the video is about four three four minutes anyway i have watched this video or have you um i <laughs> learned about it through yeah i learned through a this story about this from my editor tala lambert who at women's gender who wrote a piece about how Sort of being critical of the use of the word segregation Mm -hmm. by Sam, and I'm I'm completely in support of I support people who think that Sam was wrong in using that term. Um, That's how far that's as much as I'll say for now. But um, before I hand it over Mm -hmm. to Helen, um, because I have ranted (laughs) on a little bit, um, I just want to say that um, I think on Monday or Tuesday, Sam Frost actually deleted, cut her Instagram account completely. So when you try and access it, it's like she's basically shut herself down. Since then, you know, there have been people supporting her. There have been pretty people who are criticizing her, like left, right, center. It's been a massive, it's been a massive debate online. Mm -hmm. Helen, what are your thoughts?
0: Okay. Yeah, I I know very little about this person and I don't have anything against her, but I do not like how she... (sighs) she has a huge influence on social media platform and then trying to make yourself marginalized because of your own choice and making yourself as a victim Mm. is not really my Mm. cup of tea to really amplify that kind of voice and i think yeah there are people coming out and saying that, yeah, it's okay to use the word segregation because segregate, if you use it for verb, it is literally dividing people. Mm. But in historically, mm-hmm. segregation has been the ones that been determined by the people of power to the people who has no choice yeah, exactly. but to be segregated. When you have a choice to get a vaccination... And not risking the health of the public, general public, and you choose not to do that, you're risking a health, the health risk to the public and you're saying that you're victimized. It's, uh, I don't know what to say about that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And also, like, there's this part where a lot of people are like saying in one of the, in, I think part of the videos, there's a point where Sam says, my body, my <sighs> choice. Um and usually under any circumstances I would agree with that Helen but the thing is um someone in your family who's really really hating other <laughs> who but someone who like completely like violently against anti yeah, it's, it's vaccines um, it's, it's not like it's not your body your choice because when you're not vaccinated you're putting other people's health that's at risk, right you know when you go out and in, 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 engage and inter- intercourse with the society so it's not, it's not just my body, your choice, you know, you're actually influencing other people and putting their lives at risk. Yeah, um, I'll also go on, hop on to the fact that Helen mentioned, yeah, like technically, the word segregation is simply, you know, purely dictionary, um, speaking, dictionarily speaking, um, separating two groups of people, however, or two pe- two groups of entities, you know, the segregation of animals towards humans against humans by, but, but the thing is, like Helen said, um, the, the word segregation is so. Weighted in history, mm-hmm. you know, like, um, and and I think, I, I I honestly think, like, I think my my editor Tala says this in her piece as well. Like, honestly, like, m- perhaps Sam just made a mistake, like, um, like we all do. Like, she just didn't mm. know. She just wasn't someone who, like, for me, the way in which Sam Frost used the word segregation, just, just, I'm not criticizing her. Like, I have nothing against Sam Frost, but for me, what it only, the only thing that clearly shows me by her use of the word segregation and the way that she casually throws it into her um, video is the only thing that it makes clear to me is that she's not someone who is um, who reads a lot about history mm-hmm. as in like reads a lot about history of um, you know civil rights history of racism mm-hmm. like she just for me it just means she does not she's not someone who is very actively uh, learned in history History and like, as in not just like history, history like, and there's different sorts of history. You know, African history, Asian history. Yeah. I'm just like, um, I guess I'm, I guess like, end this tongue-twisting rant of mine. I guess I'm just <laughs> saying, it just for her, me, it just shows that she's not widely read. Mm-hmm. Because like, someone who is widely read and knows about history, you know, civil rights, black rights, feminism, um, intersectional, you know, um, identities, they would not have used that word because they, they would know what that means, yeah. you know, like that, they would understand the historical weight of that word and not use it. So just the fact that she used it just to me, just signifies to me that she doesn't read, probably. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think during
0: this time when there's a division of people who uses the word segregation and discrimination to dis- to express their frustration about how government is trying to keep the public health and to, you know, minimise the risk for overall citizens, I think it's just very irresponsible. Mm-hmm. And th- even this morning, I've read a, there was a news about how anti-vax, you know how there's, there's going to be a call, there's going to be a case that like going through the court this afternoon about mandating, um, mm-hmm. about what, Ma- mandating the vax- vaccination at some workplace and there's already anti vaxxers Oh, okay, I didn't know that. Fabricating uh-huh. court uh, transcript saying that oh, uh-huh. the, there's there are um, medical experts saying that it is a higher risk when you get a vaccine, but which is not. It's all fabricated. So it's really a high risk. What What do you mean? And oh, I as in it. the people who have been vaccinated. This is not true, okay? So please don't cut yeah, and paste yeah. my words. This is what I'm worried about when we speak publicly because there's anti-vaxxers. They're just taking it out of context and they will cut and paste your words and make it fabricated, saying that oh, this is why the vaccine is dangerous. So they kind of cut and paste and yeah. fabricate a. Uh, Medical experts' sentences saying that, oh, the vaccine is 13. Once you've got vaccinated, there's 13 times higher that you're going to spray the virus, which is not true. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Yeah. it's got to the point that uh, I, I don't know. It, this is going to sound controversial for me to say. Go ahead say it. But if you don't want to take a vaccine, okay, stay in your own place and keep, your, keep, keep your, yourself safe. But don't go out mm. and terrorize other people and creating fear and mm, yeah. give it fabricating fake news, false information mm. to make it mm. worse. We we're going to about we're about to open the borders. I have no idea what's gonna happen.
1: And Yeah,
0: yeah. And you, if you're
1: not vaccinated and I don't know. <laughs> good luck. Yeah. I mean, um, it's It's really interesting uh there are a couple of people who have like spoken out against Sam Frost, and then they have said that they've never endured so much bullying like there's mm. this um there's this uh sort of domestic violence uh activist on Twitter who's quite um prominent uh and he said in a tweet that um he's been receiving copying a lot just for like calling Sam Frost out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's – again, it's kind of like – it's kind of sort of related to what Helen and I were speaking about earlier about the online debates about, you know, who is the bad art friend in our Mm. previous story. But, yeah, it it feels it's like it's so hard to have any opinion now without people attacking you left, right, center. Hence my absolute delight in never being online on Twitter or social media, I just think um, it's such a messy place, and I'm very glad that I'm like not part of that noise. Mm. Yeah, what have you seen in your spaces, Helen, around your kind of social media circles about this issue of Sand Frost? What do you think? Well, do you think people are too hard on her? I think. Do you think most of
0: the things? I don't know if it's probably because I'm still in the, very much in my own echo chamber, so I haven't really. Mm-hmm. I have. I have seen one or two. Instagram or TikTok videos uh, defending Sam Frost's uh, behavior, saying that oh mm. she's, she might have mental health issue. Why do you? Why is everyone attacking her? But it does make me think that does claiming yourself to have mental is- health issue justify your decision not to be vaccinated or imposing a health risk to the public? Mm, mm. Because essentially your words have a power to influence people and. Also, if you do have the medical exemption, and I show sure that there are people out there do, that you cannot be vaccinated, you can present the approval, you know, saying that you're medically exempt to get the vaccination. Because mm. your choice, those for those anti-vaxxers, your choice of not to get vaccinated just because you don't want to not only poses risk for the rest of the public that has vaccinated, it poses mm. higher risk for those who cannot be vaccinated. For example, at the yeah, moment yeah, exactly. a lot of kids, children under twelve cannot be vaccinated. Yeah. And yeah. also the communities that have not received vaccination yet. For example, yeah, regional exactly. indigenous communities, you're posing a yeah. higher risk for them. And I just yeah. hope that they understand.
1: Yeah, yeah. And clearly she doesn't, <laughs> I think. <laughs> um, yeah, you're right. Absolutely. And um, generally, yeah, I I think it's like, this whole 12 months with the whole COVID thing has really kind of risen the identity group of anti-vaxxers so high. Because mm. I just remember, like, in the past, like, when, when we think of anti-vax communities, we just think of Byron, uh, yeah. at least here in Australia. Byron Bay is, like, the hub of hippies who don't believe in modern medicine. But, like, I also, I also thought, Helen, mm. that um, that this idea of this sort of historical scientific history of vaccinations, like... It's like, I'm just thinking the kind of miracle of vaccinations, like if we still had smallpox and measles and cholera, polio. you know, all those things that, that killed like so, much, so many percentage, yeah, polio, you know, so many percentage of the population now just rarely, I mean, it still does unfortunately uh, exist in, re, you know, um, developing countries. Yeah. Um, but, but just like by and by the whole, those kind of diseases that used to wipe out entire communities and populations of people no longer are almost completely eradicated because of vaccines, mm-hmm. you know? So like, um, I, I guess all what I'm saying is I'm, I'm not someone who is suspicious of vaccines. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm saying. Um, I'm not someone who is generally like if, if, if there is a vaccine that helps cure us or save us from some sort of disease or illness, I'm usually quite like eager to find out um, how it can actually make the world a safer place for mm-hmm. all. Then, uh, then, rather than saying, "Oh, it's a conspiracy," or, or it's gonna give my kid autism or whatever, you know? <laughs> yeah. And Until those anti-vaxxers come out and prove their point
0: scientifically, that they have mm. they have gone through medical degrees, then maybe I'll listen to mm-hmm. them. But most of them has no medical background, so I, I mm-hmm. don't know where mm-hmm. they got the information from. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. I do wonder, because um, Sam Frost in her video, she doesn't actually say why she's not getting vaccinated. She just says there are many, 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 and she says yeah. a lot of many reasons why um, she's not vaccinated and why other people are, who choose not to be vaccinated are not getting vaccinated. But she never so, actually yeah, says it.
0: Give us a reason, yeah, so, you know, then we can actually yeah, talk like, about it and explore your yeah, exactly. hesitancy.
1: Yeah, but if they yeah, don't, yeah. then
0: you know that's the end of a conversation we can't even continue the yeah.
1: conversation yeah mm. and like i get it it's her it's her right to not talk about the reason if she doesn't want to but since you're since you're giving yourself that platform why don't just take it all the mm-hmm. way you know Okay. Anything else? Yeah, that's generally my that's generally my <laughs> opinion. <laughs> Here we are loading on the opinions.
0: Okay, so that's the end of our episode. Remember to subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Google, and Apple. Remember to give us a five star rating if you have enjoyed our show. We well, welcome listeners to send our send us your feedbacks and topics you would like to like us to explore. Check out our updates on the socials and make sure you share with your friends to help us to extend the visibility of Asian beaches down under. And also continue the intersectionality of the podcast industry. So we'll chat to you next time. Stay safe, everyone.
1: Yeah, looking forward to it. Um the beach, Sydney Ciders, it will it will still be there in a few weeks' time. Don't panic. <laughs> Just ride that, ride out this London weather.
0: Okay, chat to you next week. Bye.
1: Bye, ciao, ciao.